With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You're listening to the Heroes Podcast Network. Hey, friends. This is Cam, one of the hosts of the Gamer Heroes Podcast. We really hope you're enjoying the show you're listening to right now, and if you are, please consider becoming a patron of the Heroes Podcast Network at patreon.com slash heroespodcasts. Your support would genuinely mean the world to us, and would allow us to cover hosting costs for the website, get new equipment and software, and even make it out to different conventions and events to meet you, our loyal listeners. All Patreon tiers will get you access to the Patron Lounge in Slack, which will allow you to chat and interact with your favorite HPN hosts. On behalf of everyone here at HPN, thank you all so much for your continued support. We really couldn't do any of this without you. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Red Shirts and Runabouts. This is episode 72. I am one of your regular hosts, Derek. I am not. No, you're not. I'm Ray. I'm from Scream Heroes. You are, but you're also from this show sometimes. Sometimes. I've filled in before. I have limited Star Trek knowledge. So, yeah. So, Greg, my my faithful companion on the show here, is on an away mission. He took one of our runabouts. and That's adorable that you guys play, like... You're actually in the world of Star Trek. To be fair, he's kind of on an away mission. He is, yes. Uh, he is out of the country. Well, so. kind of. He's he's out of the continental United yeah, States. Yeah, there you go. He's in Puerto Rico. That. He is in Puerto Rico. Yeah. yeah. Um, but anyway, so because of that, um, I brought Ray in so we could do some things. Uh, this is not going to be the episode we had talked about recording because it was Greg's idea and he's been looking forward to it for quite some time. Definitely don't want to take anything away from Greg. It would be mean. Yeah. It would be mean. So we will get back to that kind of thing when Greg is more available. Um, Yes. So in this case, before you get to news, because I know there's a little bit of news to talk about. There is. Don't. Isn't there? There's always news. Like. You've been doing stuff, so you can talk about that. But to explain the premise of the show, so the Picard show is coming out later this year. We know that the first season is going to drop, and we don't know if there's more, but we know know, there's stuff that I need to prep for. I have never seen all of any one show except for Discovery since I watched that in real time as it aired. So Derek has... Taken to social media, he is taken to the internet, and he has compiled a list of episodes that I need to watch 
that are quintessential Picard stuff. They may not be Picard-centric, but something important happens to his character that may or may not get brought up later on in the Picard show. He and like a lot of Trekkies believe that there's going to be some huge deep cuts here going all the way back. So this is going to be, you know, a foot in the door for me. Maybe we'll just continue and binge all of TNG. Who knows? But for the most part, these are them. So I'm going to have some questions about these episodes in just a minute. He's going to give you a rundown of why you think or why he thinks that you should watch these episodes as well. Yeah, that's that's basically it. Yeah. So, um, this yeah. was my idea, by the way. It was your idea. This episode, not right, not the list. The list was my idea. Yes. Um, there really isn't anything in the news to say per se. Um, Jonathan Frakes has started directing his block of episodes for Star Trek Picard, so there is that. Um, there is a wild, unfounded rumor that Brent Spiner will be reprising his role as Data. Um, I'm not saying it can't happen. There are some some ways it could happen, especially in beta canon, but it's certainly not confirmed. It's not even rumored by anybody who... Was it one of those things where on Twitter the actor says, yeah, it'd be great to do something again, and people run with that? Because <laughs> um, that happens not, all the time. It's not even that. It's like somebody said that somebody said that somebody said that Brent Spiner is reprising his role. And uh, kind of Brent Spiner was in the bathroom <laughs> at a TGI Fridays in Canada, and somebody was like, "Hey, man, you coming back to Picard?" And he was like, "Yeah, sure, whatever. Let me pee." <laughs> That's what uh, happened, <laughs> possibly. So, I mean, it's not really news, really. Um, but the show is, is going. We have the trailer for it, and I talked a bit about that, and um, on a, a short little episode I did by myself, and sad. It's exciting. It was, it was all right. It's all good. Uh, but it's exciting. There are some 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 things in that teaser, that trailer, that are deep cuts. Um, I do want to say that a lot of people think this is a one and done show. Um, it is not planned to be a one and done show. It is a story. It's a ten hour story, um, and that should finish up whatever that 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 tale is. But um, they do have plans for additional seasons if everything goes well i actually think that that is the best way to plan television shows from now on if it's not just an open-ended drama or sitcom where every episode is kind of you know episodic and not serialized if you're gonna have a serialized story then maybe planning something that could be expanded on but doesn't have to be is the best case because then you can satisfy your watchers by offering them great content. Like the idea of cliffhangers bothers me nowadays because it's it's never been a guarantee for a second season or a third season. And sometimes you just anger the fans. It's tough. I get it because you want to give people a reason to come back. You know, I mean, TNG did it, you know, with the best of both worlds. And well, that, TNG, it paid off, whereas Twin Peaks, it didn't. And Yeah, there's plenty of shows where it doesn't pay off and you never get to know the answer and it's disappointing for people. But at the same time, some of the cliffhangers that we've had over the years have, have sparked some cool stuff. So anyway, so, OK, so let's 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 go. Let's go through this list here. So sure. I picked, OK, so what's the first episode I need to start with? Well, so I, I just want to, like, outline what I did here real quick. Oh, so, so you're going to list all 20 in a row. No. no, I just want to provide the parameters of the list. Okay. For the holodeck to build it correctly. 
because if you misspeak like Jordy did, then you end up with a you know self-aware Sherlock Holmes, and mm. you don't want that. So anyway, um, so what what I did here is I wanted to come up with twenty episodes that were the quintessential Picard episodes that showed you who he is, what he will do, um, what being in Starfleet means to him, what he's willing to risk, things of that nature. And these are just TNG episodes. So this does not include the movies. It does not include, you know, his um, brief appearance on DS9 or, or any, anything like that. This is straight up seven seasons of TNG. If you had to pick 20 episodes. Why 20? Well, originally I was going to do 10. Truth be told. Oh boy. And I started making my list and I realized that, you know, because he is the main character um, and he was really the primary focus of the, of the show a lot of the time, um, it's hard to narrow things down to just 10 episodes. So I, I decided just to expand it to 20 because I found a nice group of 20 episodes. Okay. Now, Trekkies like semantics. And so some people out there might argue with me a little bit because some of these are two-parters. Okay. Um, some of them, you know, even crossed seasons uh, because they were two-parters. And so I'm counting a two-parter. If it's a part one and part two, I'm counting it as one. Okay. So how many hours of content are we looking at right here? Let's see. 21, 2, 3, 4, 5. I mean, it's 27. So I have a full day's worth. You could, yeah, if you sat, if you sat and watched for 24 hours, you could watch my list, give or take. I'd have to do the actual math on the runtime because the episodes are like 45 minutes. I kind of want to do that. It's been a really <laughs> long time since I watched 24 hours worth of content, but. So way back in the day. When you've were, done it. When there were only 10 Star Trek films, um, I actually, I woke up one summer when I uh, was off. And I'm really glad you woke up instead wo- of, you know, the opposite. At, I woke up at six o'clock in the morning, got downstairs and marathoned all 20 films, all 10, all 10 films, which comes out to about 20 hours of content, there you what go. I was trying to say. Um, and I did that. And that was really fun. Uh, so what did you eat, though? I don't remember. This was a very long time ago. <sighs> so well, it had to be pre 2009, but it was much earlier. Than that it was like 2000. It was right after Nemesis hit DVD. Marathons are very important to me. I take them yeah, very too. seriously. So I need to have my meals and my bathrooms break, bathroom breaks almost planned to a T. So I wasn't that it's, picky. It's very important to me. I've always been like this. I'm a freak. <laughs> okay. Well, let's get let's get to the list. Okay. So tell me, what's the so, first episode I need to watch? All right. So what I wanted to do is I wanted to do these in chronological order. Um, because From season one to seven? Yeah. Because okay. there are certain things in here that if you didn't watch them in the correct order would be confusing. That's or fair. Or things would lose their punch. It's fairly episodic, but a lot of things do stick, especially character development. There are some big things in here that, that stick to the character that are even referenced in the trailer for the Picard show. Um, and so we start things off, of course, with Encounter at Farpoint, which is the the pilot, the original episode. It's a double length episode, even though it's a single part um we meet q for the first time mm-hmm. you know we we find out what picard is willing to risk what he's willing to do how he stands up to an omnipotent godlike creature um and while you know the first season's rough it is and the pilot is certainly rough um it's not even my favorite star trek pilot um it's still incredibly important for grounding the show the character of picard his mission and for those who do or do not know, ties directly into the finale 
which is incredibly Picard-centric. Okay. So, encounter at like Farpoint. Okay, so, pilot. Yes. Then next. So, I've got two more season one episodes, uh, which might surprise people, because most people say season one and even season two are pretty terrible. Um, but there's a few gems in there. There's some really terrible stuff in there, uh, like Code of Honor, but that's not on my list. So, um... So, oh, I'm sorry. Well, I have one more episode from season one, and it's Conspiracy. What's that about? So, Conspiracy is about these aliens that have infiltrated, um, well, sort of infiltrated Starfleet in a way. And it's about whether or not we can trust people, who we can trust, who we can't trust. Picard's basically put in an investigation because they don't think that he's trustworthy and you know they threaten to take a ship away and it's very stressful and it's really an intense kind of espionage type of thing and why is this important for picard um because you know he never he never gives up what his values he never succumbs to the the pressure that they're putting him under it shows how important starfleet is to him what it means um so it's not necessarily character development, it's character establishment. Yes. Because we're still in the first season. It is, yeah. It is straight up character establishment. You're teaching the, the audience who Picard is, what he does, what it means to be a captain of the Enterprise in Starfleet for the Federation. Um, and that while there is a chain of command, he doesn't follow it blindly. And I think that's that's an important thing that all of our captains have had. Right. Right. None of our captains, uh, really none of our main cast members in any of the Star Trek shows have really ever been that way, or at least been that way the entire time. You know, a character like T'Pol grows out of that by the Mm -hmm. end of Enterprise. Uh, Even Data grows out of that by by the end of TNG's run, you know. So, so yeah. So anyway, so that's Conspiracy. It's a cool episode. I also think it's got some neat connections to some other stuff. I think some of the concepts behind it may have been the Easter eggs of where the founders come from later in DS9 and maybe even Species 8472 in Voyager. So That's neat. It's got some cool stuff. Okay, so we're moving on to Season 2 now. Yeah. Okay, what's our first Season 2 episode? There's only one. There's only one. Episode. Okay. Season 2 what's is not What's our well only represented. Season 2 episode? <laughs> so to anyone who knows Season 2 well, this is probably not a big surprise, uh, but it's Measure of a Man. Oh, yeah. We've watched that one together. It's uh, That's, of course, the Data episode is mm-hmm. really what it is. It's about whether or not Data is alive, whether he's human, whether he has rights, things like that. And, um, you know, it's, it's a difficult episode. Be- we, 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 I actually I had it on my list for top Riker episodes back when we were doing Mechpaws on the show. And that's because Riker is forced to basically prosecute data because if he doesn't then data is automatically losing would you put this also on a quintessential data list this would be a quintessential episode for all three of those characters i love that Uh, i love all that crossover it would be a quintessential tng episode like this this belongs on anybody's list that includes those three characters or tng as a whole so uh Um, i'm just gonna interject for a second you and i briefly toyed with the idea of doing a Futurama podcast. You and I would review stuff and yeah. add our own things. So one of our ideas was to do a top five quintessential episodes for each main character. Mm-hmm. Would you consider doing that for, you know, most of the characters throughout the entirety of the franchise? I could probably do it for a lot of characters. I probably couldn't do it for everybody without doing some major rewatches. Well, I imagine but... that you couldn't like not all the lists would be twenty either. <laughs> no, no, I'd want I'd want to maybe keep some of them some of them shorter. But in this case, because the Picard, because Picard's getting a show, 
I, I thought that the more you know about him, the better. And understanding That's... who he was is mm-hmm. going to be very important to understanding who he's become. That's fair. So, and Measure of a Man, the reason I, I have this on the list for Picard is Picard is defending Data. And you hear what Picard has to say about what it means to be alive, what it means to be sentient, what it means to have those rights. And, you know, he's got lots of big speeches, um, you know, throughout the show and even the movies, you know, like, it's one of the reasons I like Insurrection so much is, you know, they're talking about relocating 300 people. And he's like, well, how many does it take before it's wrong? You know, and um, this is that kind of episode. But very early that. on, it's like the first. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I think it might be the first time that we really get that sense of Picard, of, of he being basically Gene Roddenberry's moral center. I like that. So... Season three, let's move on. All right. So season three's got uh, three episodes. That's a good amount. Three, um, okay. and it starts off with a big heavy hitter, which is yesterday's Enterprise. Uh, yesterday's Enterprise is a very famous episode, and it made the top five list back in the '90s when there was a viewers vote that Jonathan Frakes uh, hosted. Oh, that's cute. Um, it was one of the, the five, um, and it's I mean, it's a pretty phenomenal episode across the board, but. It focuses on Picard mainly, and it has to do with the timeline changing when the Enterprise C shows up in an anomaly, and all of a sudden the Federation's been at war with the Klingons for for this entire time. They never made peace. Um, you know, the Federation is losing. The Enterprise is a battleship. It's not an exploration ship. It's not a science ship. Anything like that. And his only tie to the original timeline is Guinan, and this is basically the first time you really get to see his relationship with her and what she means to him and that he, when he trusts somebody, he really trusts somebody, mm-hmm. you know, he sends, I mean, I don't want to spoil these episodes too much, you know, but he has to make a decision to essentially send people to their deaths or not based solely on Guinan's intuition, her gut feeling, what she feels is wrong. That's intense. Um, and, you know, he has some arguments with her about it. He's got to deal with some really intense things like the return of Tasha Yar and that she's not supposed to be there and, and things like that. So it's, it's, it's very much Picard wrestling with doing the right thing when he doesn't even know it's the right thing. Um, All right, then. Putting That's his very Picard. Him, so. Yeah. Okay, so next episode. So next is a little bit lighter of an episode. Most of these uh, early on have been pretty, uh, pretty tough ones, but this is Captain's Holiday. Yeah. Uh, people poke fun at this episode a lot, but I think it's actually a lot of fun. Uh, Picard takes a leave of uh, kind of a leave. Is this the Dixon Hill? No. Oh, but you included some of that. I did not. Um, (gasps) You didn't include any uh, Dixon Hill episodes? I mean, the, the big goodbye would be the one that I would have in here, but I don't, I don't have it because all it really shows is his enjoyment of the dixon hill franchise and that series and all of that um and it's part of of you know his interest but it doesn't tell you a whole lot about who he is okay what he believes it doesn't really change anything about him it's more of just seeing him have some fun 
And what's wrong with fun, Derek? Nothing's wrong with it. But I'm just saying, if you if you need to get an idea of who Picard was, what he did, what he believed, what he fought for, what he was willing to risk, I don't think the Dixon Hill stuff is required viewing. Got it. Okay, so Captain's Holiday. So Captain's Holiday. He takes a vacation. Uh, Riker talks him into going to Ryza. And uh, there, there's a lot of fun and campiness to this episode. You find out that Riker gave him a particular object that when Picard finds out what it is, is very upset and embarrassed about that because it's of a sexual nature and Picard is more evolved than that. Um, you know, that kind of thing. But he uh, meets Vosh who uh, comes back a couple of times and she is a love interest for Picard. She is dangerous. She's not really trustworthy. She's kind of a criminal. Well, she is a criminal. Okay. So why is this on the list? This is on the list because it shows you who Picard is on a personal level outside of the uniform. This is the first time you see him not on duty. Really? He's off the ship. He's off duty. He's not in uniform. He doesn't, you know, have his Starfleet equipment with him. He doesn't have any of his officers with him. He's not on a mission. It shows you what he is when he's stripped of his job, his career, and what's left underneath that. Um, and he has a very difficult time relaxing. Got it. The idea of not being on the ship, the idea of not being involved, not staying up to date bothers him a lot. And I think it's one of the it's one of the earlier episodes that makes him relatable. Because up until this point, he's mostly what TNG has been criticized for, and fairly so, is that these characters are just so perfect all the time. You know, they're the best of the best of the best, and their flaws are actually their advantages, and, you know, that kind of thing. Um, and this is the first time you get to... What are your weaknesses? Well, I care too much. <laughs> well, yeah. like, it's kind of like that, right? Yeah. Like, you know, yeah, Jordy's blind, but his visor lets him see all these amazing things that solve episodes that other people can't see, you know, <laughs> like that kind of thing, right? Um. And so um, Captain's Holiday is very – makes Picard more relatable. You learn – for anybody out there who whose job becomes their life, whose passions become their life, and the idea of just sitting around and not doing anything, sitting around and relaxing, taking a vacation, that is unappealing or stressful to you, you can relate to this. Mm -hmm. And I understood that a lot. All right. So last episode from season three. What are we doing? Uh, okay, so the last episode from season three is Sarek. This is where we get to see the return of Sarek, played by Mark Leonard. Um, was he played by Mark Leonard in the original? Yes. Cool. Yeah. Um, so that was really neat to see his return. He's obviously much older now. Sure. And he's dealing with um, you know symptoms of age and dealing with... Vulcan emotions, which a lot of people, you know, claim Vulcans don't have emotions. Well, they actually have much more powerful emotions than we do. Right. They feel a lot stronger. So that's why they learn to suppress them. And this actor just or this actor, I'm going to get to why I said that. But uh, this this episode, while it shows Picard's respect for the ambassador, for Vulcans, for other cultures, his respect for the arts because they put on a symphony and, and things like that. Um while it does show those things and those things are important, that's actually not why I picked this episode. Mm -hmm. I actually picked this episode as a Patrick Stewart episode because it shows some of his finest acting in Star Trek, um, especially towards the end when he has to take on some of Sarek's emotions so he can stable himself enough for um, the talks, the peace talks that need to take place. And 
Patrick Stewart has to do some pretty hardcore acting that's very intense and dramatic and emotional. And that's wonderful. You know, for anybody out there who thinks Star Trek doesn't have any of that, this would be something you'd want to see. This this shows his range. So I have a question. I know that the whole point, well, not the whole point, excuse me, that's a little broad, but that TNG brought new opportunities to bring in new alien races to show the progression of the Federation and Starfleet mm-hmm. and everything. But it does feel like TNG, DS9, and Voyager all kind of forgot about the Vulcans. Why is that? Um, I don't, I don't know that forgot is is it as much as purposefully stepped aside from yeah um wouldn't you think that they'd still be part of well, Starfleet? they are i mean you have tuvok who is a bridge officer on voyager and right. a regular cast member um ds9 does not focus on it often there are some vulcans who do show up from time to time um there's even a vulcan member of the maquis for example and on tng you have sarek and you do actually have spock show up for a couple of episodes and, and some things like that they're just not they're not as big of a focus because now that the shows had a bigger budget and more modern effects, they could start showing more advanced alien designs. And I'm looks. just curious why they weren't on the ship really at all. Like even in the background as much, you'd figure. I mean, they're around. Voyager's got a couple of different Vulcans on board and uh, DS9 doesn't have a lot of Starfleet officers to begin with. So you don't get a lot of that. Right. Um TNG just really doesn't focus on them. TNG's goal when the show really launched was to focus on other things. They, inv- you know, they they brought in the Cardassians pretty early. They brought in the Ferengi very early. Uh, the Betazoids, uh, androids, changing the, the way Bolians, the Klingons looked, changing the Klingons. You know that, and the Romulans. And I think part of it was that really showing the Romulans and making them a real villain, and not showing Vulcans kind of helped separate the two. That's fair. A little bit as well. Okay. I'm so, just curious. They yeah. just seemed kind of an afterthought during that time period. And I didn't know if that was written into the story or if that was just these particular shows. No, Voyager focuses on Tuvok quite a bit. Right. And his Vulcanness. His Vulcanness. Yeah. And, uh, you know. Okay. There's, there's some other stuff in there, too. but That's fair. Um, Season four. So this one, uh, this would be no real surprise to anybody who knows the show. This actually caps off season three and begins season four, which is the two-part cliffhanger, The Best of Both Worlds. The Borg. Is this the first time? This is not the first time we see the Borg. I remember. This is the first time you and I we watched that. engage the Borg. So the first time we see the Borg, they don't recognize us as threats and they were able to slip in and slip out. Sort of. Q throws the Enterprise. That's right. uh, 10,000 light years or something like that. I can't quite remember the exact number. I just remember like they see a baby in a drawer and it's weird. (laughs) Yeah, that's that's also. Yeah. So they, they get to see the Borg a little bit early on. But the best of both worlds is the first time that they engage with each other, that they actually interact. And. These are huge. These two episodes are massive for for so many reasons. Aside from setting the tone for the show, creating what is arguably the best villain in Star Trek. I was just about to say, do you believe that? That they're the best villain in Star Trek? I don't know that I do because I think it's very hard to pick an entire race or species and say that they are the best villain because... I think that's unfair because we've seen good Romulans and great Klingons. We've seen good Cardassians. We've seen a good Borg and like... Yeah, there's Hugh that people forget about. And so it's very hard to, to say that. But from a Star Trek perspective, 
most most of the the aliens that we had leaned on were very reminiscent of the original series the romulans the klingons the vulcans yeah we had the cardassians and the ferengi but the ferengi weren't very good when they were first introduced um and so the borg were really the first major brand new really interesting and compelling villain see as a doctor who fan the borg are obviously very similar and most likely i believe that the two series the two franchises have borrowed from each other numerous times considering the amount of overlap but the borgs are clearly a more well thought out version of the cybermen so that that's very easy to to see that that was not the original plan for the borg so the actual original plan for the Borg was basically to have them be insect-like. Right. Be like they wanted a swarm, bees. like everybody. But they couldn't this, afford it. The smaller works to help the, the whole. Well, that's why it's a hive mind and there's a yeah. Borg queen and all of those things. That and, is not Cybermen. Right. It's the it, taking over a human or yeah. humanoid. It's the resistance is futile kind of attitude. Like, you're going to lose to these guys. It's going to happen. And... The, the Borg were never intended to be that originally, so I don't I don't know how much of it was borrowed by the Cybermen as much of it, or as as much that was just by default because they couldn't afford to do what they wanted to do. Well, even the best ideas pull from so many different things. So if you're able to spot a nugget here and a little pearl there, and you know they combine it all, I, what they've done with the Cybermen recently in Doctor Who is obviously much better than what they had in the 1960s. But the the crosshair, like the similarities, yeah. are definitely there. I understand. Yeah, yeah. Um, but th- these episodes are really important. Picard gets assimilated by the Borg and is basically forced to attack the Federation in a very powerful, really significant way. Kills a lot of people. Yeah, it's what kicks off Deep Space Nine. It's why Cisco doesn't like Picard. Um, and it, it kicks off a a huge arc for his character and, you know, is the reason for the first contact film, which is widely considered to be the the best of the TNG movies, if not one of, or the best Star Trek film. Um, why is he the only Borg to really get a name too? And it's, well, that's explained, that's explained in the best of both worlds and it's kind of explained in first contact. The idea is that the queen, she was not looking for another drone. She was looking for a companion, a partner, or a counterpart, as Picard says in First But no Contact. one says king. Um, <laughs> That's funny. No, no. She, I like that. But she she was looking for a bridge to humanity because um, she, the Borg have always found humanity to be difficult to, to take down. Right. And that's, you know, very true in Voyager for sure. And so anyway, she was trying, the queen was trying to find someone that was, that was more of an equal mm-hmm. that had some sense of free will that could challenge her in some ways um, and not just be another drone. Cool. So, so anyway, very important. Um, and it leads into the next episode, which is family. Family is when we get to see Picard go home for the first time. Um, you know, there's all these jokes, of course, that he's the most British Frenchman to ever live. And he goes back to France to the, the Picard vineyards. Um, and you get to meet his brother and his brother's family uh, who are referenced in generations mm-hmm. that he loses in the fire. So this episode sets 
a lot of information. You you learn about the family that is impacted in the movie later, and you get to see some of his PTSD fall out from being assimilated. Family is literally the next episode after The Best of Both Worlds Part 2. And that's included on your list. And this is we on my We go list. from you Best go from of Both Worlds. That's yeah. great. Um, and so, you know, he interacts with his brother and there's a very emotional moment between the two of them when they actually have a physical confrontation out in the field. And that's very, Um, that's not really like older, more mature Picard. That's like (laughs) young Picard. It is. And it actually lays some interesting seeds about who he might, you know, who he was when he was even younger, which ties in later, um, in some stuff. And so, um, you know, you, you get to see some of his PTSD, you see him break down a bit. He's not the, the stone wall okay. that we've seen him be most of the time. Um, and it was one of the first flashes of Star Trek being serialized. You know, you right. threaten to kill off essentially your lead character with what is arguably one of the best cliffhangers in television history. Um, and it... Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Led straight into another episode that was very, very connected that then builds off into two other movies later. And so this the, these three episodes together are very important. And they're actually they're right in the middle of the show, which is kind of interesting. But um so what episode are we at now? You counted Best of Both Worlds as one episode? Yeah. So let's okay. see. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. So that's eight episodes. Okay. So what's our ninth? All right. So next up is The Drumhead. And that's my last episode from season four. And The Drumhead is kind of a political episode. So more than half of your list is on the latter half of the show. Mainly season six, it turns out, which was not intentional at the time. I really just went through season by season to pick them out. I wanted every okay. season to be represented if possible. I like that. Um, just checking. So Noticing patterns, that's all. Yeah. So the drumhead is a big episode. This one is very kind of classic Star Trek of allegories. But in this case, they decided to kind of forget the allegory and just hit it right in the head. There is a crew member who uh is on the enterprise and it turns out that he has romulan ancestry oh no and uh hence the name of the episode the drumhead is put through the ringer and is basically called a spy and he's committed treason and all of these other things that are completely unfounded with the only evidence being that he has a romulan ancestor and Picard defends him. You know, it's this, it's like the Japanese internment camp yeah. that George Takei was actually in. Yeah, um, and you know, he's a young guy. He's a, he's a, he's basically a kid. You know, he's a, he's an officer, but he's like an ensign. He's he's a young science sure. officer. And um, Picard you know, defends him a lot and puts his career on the line. And he starts getting questioned about whether or not he's trustworthy and he, you know should he lose his command and all these types of things and. Um, this is a very powerful political. Who's the evil admiral that does this? <laughs> That's always, very tricky trope. There's always an evil admiral on TNG. That is, that is for sure. Um, trying to remember the name off the top of my oh, head. Oh, you don't have to. It's fine. There's so many evil admirals and some are just not that important. It's totally cool. Uh, but fun fact, this episode was directed by Jonathan Frakes. 
um, who of course later would continue to direct Star Trek and did First Contact and Insurrection and D- Discovery. And he's and he's Orville show. and yeah. he was on Gargoyles. Like he, he loves... was on Gargoyles. That's true. Uh, with Marina Sirtis. Yes. Yeah. Um, so anyway, so the drumheads just, it's one of those cornerstone Star Trek episodes, mm-hmm. very measure of a man like where we put someone on trial for who they are, but not what they've done. Right. Right. And, um, yeah, that's intense. So. Okay. So it again, shows Patrick Stewart's range a little bit. The fact like if you ever, if, if you never see honest trailers, if you watch the honest trailer for the Star Trek, the next generation, the points they're making about Picard, the fact that Patrick Stewart's acting is much better than Star Trek really deserved at the time. <laughs> <laughs> There's some truth to that. In an episode, like the drumhead shows that. Measure of a Man shows that. So, Okay, so our first episode of season five, number nine. Yes, so this is absolutely one of my favorite episodes of Star Trek, which is Darmok. Uh, Darmok is just a wonderful episode. Um, Picard, they, they're, they're meeting a new species, and the captain of, that, of, that, of the other ship takes Picard down to this planet. And they don't, they, they speak in metaphor. And the problem with speaking in metaphor to another culture is that they don't have a frame of reference, mm-hmm. right? When we say metaphors, they're based on the fact that you understand the words that I'm saying, you know what they already mean, right? And they talk in, in metaphor of using stories to tell their stuff. So Darmok and Jalad at Tanagra is an event, two people at a place fighting together. And that's what Darmok, the, the other captain wants to recreate because it will create a bond between them and create peace. But it's not taken that way. It's taken as an attack essentially because we don't understand them. And so Picard is on this planet with like really no resources with this other alien captain that he doesn't know. And they learn to communicate with each other and learn to trust each other. And they have to fight off another creature. And um, it, it's a big focus on Picard's diplomacy because he is a diplomat at the end of the day. It's a focus on his, Kind of his, he, he's really into archaeology, and it's a little bit of that background of him studying other cultures and learning those other cultures, of him having the patience to do so, mm-hmm. even at times when he does lose some patience and gets angry. Um, but he continues to push forward and continues to try to understand. And um, it's just a phenomenal episode all around, and just shows you a lot about what he's willing to to to, to learn, what he's willing to to adapt to to survive basically i like it yeah okay next episode okay so next up we have a two-parter which is called unification and it's a one it's listed as one it's listed as one yeah uh unification is a uh vulcan episode spock returns cool uh for this big two-parter unification is about the reunifying of um romulan and vulcan so for those who may not know, the, the Romulans are an offshoot of Vulcan. They are cousins, essentially. And they we learn later and stuff that they basically left Vulcan because they refused to close out their emotions. And Spock and some other people believe that they should all be reintegrated together and work together. And this this talking point was used in the Star Trek 2009 film about mm-hmm. you know Spock trying to save Romulus and, and things like that. And... Um, of all the episodes on this list, you could probably skip this one because Picard's not as important. Uh, but So why include it? I think it still shows an important part of his career and his life from a historical perspective and ties directly into Romulus. Okay. Which is what the Picard show is going to focus for the aftermath of. So, Would this episode be as poignant if you 
hadn't seen Drumhead. Or yeah, I mean this this doesn't really have any connection to the Drumhead. It more here's why this episode is important. It's important because of what the Picard show is about. Got it. That's why this episode is important. So the Picard show deals with the aftermath of the destruction of Romulus, and that Picard led the re- the the rescue fleet essentially that was responsible for saving as many people as possible and something happened something went wrong something caused picard to quit to leave starfleet and that's what the show is going to be about we'll learn all about that this is planting the seeds of that oh okay so this will help directly with the show not necessarily with who picard is as much as just setting it up like his connection to all of it okay that's great Uh, because picard has an interest in Vulcan and Romulus. Would and you recommend that people read the Prelude comic to the 2009 movie? Oh, uh, Countdown. Yeah, I mean th- those are all great. Those are all really good. Um, I, it's you know whether or not their canon gets a little bit funky. Um, in some cases they're considered canon. Some people don't consider them canon. But the the main idea here is that when Romulus was going, you know. The, the connection with Picard to Romulus is huge. It starts here with this, these two episodes with unification. It continues in Nemesis when you have Shinzon and you have Romulus and that fight. Um, and then it continues again in the 2009 Star Trek film. The, the future that Spock comes back from is the destruction of Romulus. And then Picard leads the, the rescue operation that's right. directly after that. And that's what the Picard show is about. So this begins that story arc. And that's why it's on the list. Got it. Okay, so next. Okay, so uh, next up is my last season five episode. This one also made the top five viewers choice um, back in the 90s, as did the best of both worlds. Um, And uh, one episode that's not on my list, which is Relics, which is the Scotty episode. Uh, That one's not on my list because it's not that big for Picard. But uh, in this case, the episode is The Inner Light. The Inner Light is widely considered to be one of Star Trek's best episodes. I believe it won a Peabody Award. Is this the one where he's, like, tortured and brainwashed kind of thing? No. Oh, okay. No. Sorry. Uh, That's in here, (laughs) but that's later. (laughs) Um, No, uh, The Inner Light is... this is very. It's a very weird episode to explain to people, but it's incredibly important to his character. He essentially gets connected with a probe that the ship comes across and lives an entire lifetime as a member of this civilization that no longer exists interesting and he has a wife he has children and grandchildren he lives an entire lifetime it's where he learns to play the reskin flute he gets the flute off the probe by the end of the episode and those memories stay with him forever they directly impact who he is. It's it's framed kind of famously. He's wearing the, the jacket that he gets in the later parts of the show, which everybody really loved. Um, but it's a it's a character study of, of who he is. He lives his entire lifetime that's separate from Starfleet, where he's still there's still parts of Picard in there. He's always trying to help and advance and progress things and save save the the village and all those types of things. And um, this episode stays with Picard. This is an experience that never leaves him. And if you watch the trailer for the Picard series, the Reskin flute is used to play the theme song at the end of the trailer. 
So I believe that there may be some importance here. We may continue to see the flute. He may play it. Um, he may reference events that occurred there. I don't know. But based on them using the flute, the fact that we see him play it multiple times, including in another episode on this list, um, it's just an important episode to his character building. Okay. That's great. So our first episode of season six happens now. What are we at? So again, this is another cliffhanger. So it's the end of season five, beginning of season six. Okay. It's the two-part episode, Time's Arrow. Now, uh, again, the Honest trailer makes fun of this episode, uh, but um, it's still, I think, important to the Picard character. In this episode, several characters go back in time and they meet Mark Twain. (laughs) Um, Data loses his head. But most importantly, he meets Guinan. And by that, I mean Guinan meets him for the first time. So Guinan is on Earth in the past, and this is how she meets Picard. Now, not it's not how Picard meets Guinan. He already knows her in the future. Right. Right? But this begins their relationship, their friendship. This is how she learns who he is, and then later finds him to become friends and confidants. So... This episode is really only important for that reason. Mm-hmm. It's because Guinan is such an underutilized character, but is incredibly important to Picard. You know, she's you know from yesterday's Enterprise, the Generations film. Her wisdom, her guidance is paramount to Picard, uh, even when we don't get to see it sometimes. And so this is how they meet. This is how she meets him. And so that's kind of important. Okay. Season six. Let's move on. All right, so this is Chain of Command. This is a two-part episode. Um, So this is the torture episode. Got it. The Four Lights episode for those playing at home. Uh, It's a two-parter. Picard gets kidnapped by the Cardassians and is tortured for a good chunk of time. And this is where the Four Lights thing thing comes from. The point of that, for those who may not know or don't remember, is not really that they're trying to get information from him, that they're trying to make him tell secrets or anything. This guy is straight up just trying to break him, trying to get him to admit a false reality. Mm -hmm. It's straight up fascism. Like, that's what it is, you know? And so this is about Picard going through that. This is like, we literally watch him get tortured for essentially two episodes and what he's able to push through. And the end of the episode is very, very significant because while he continues to stand there and profess that there are only four lights, he confides at the end uh, that even though he knew that there weren't four, he saw five because the torture was so terrible. And so it's really a powerful episode. It's really incredible. It shows his resolve, I guess. Um, and at the same time shows for the first real time on TNG who the Cardassians really are. Because we get to see that on DS9. And they're on TNG a couple of times. But this is the first time you get to see Cardassia on TNG in the way DS9 fans saw them. Got it. So that's kind of important too. Powerful episode. That I mean, and that is uh, highly lifted from 1984 and the two oh, plus yeah. two equals five. And that's, I'm sure yeah. that's exactly what they were because that's you know fascism <laughs> and yeah. Um. Okay. So next up is uh, 
one of my favorite episodes. Why? Might be my favorite episode. Is this Tapestry? This is Tapestry. Tapestry. I know my man's favorite <laughs> Star Trek episodes. <laughs> um, we have watched this together. We did. And yeah. it is a fantastic Picard episode. It's a fantastic Q episode. He gets to see what his life would be like if he had made a different choice. Just one different choice in his youth and turns out he became an average you know middle of the road science officer on the enterprise who never really achieved much because he wasn't outgoing or strong in his convictions so i totally snatched that away from you because it's like one of the few i know and it stuck with me too the first time i watched it like i've seen some of these episodes already and they I, I don't want to say that they've gone in one ear and out the other, but, you know, the brain can only hold so much. And this one <laughs> stuck with me. So it's a Q episode, which is very important. Because I said that. I know, but I want to <laughs> talk back on that for a moment here because I don't have much of Q on this list. Well, he was only in 11 episodes to begin with, right? Of, of Star Trek. Of total. Star Trek, right. Including his one Voyager. No, er- he was on three on Voyager. Oh, and, and one on DS9. One on DS9. And so... Anyway, it, what's important here is that this this episode is very telling for the viewer, mm-hmm. right? We go back. We, we learn that Picard at some point got stabbed through the heart and has an artificial heart. And it was because he decided to pick a fight with some Nausicans. And it's a very different side of Picard because he's the diplomat. He's, you know, the highbrow Earl Grey tea sipping ambassador type person. And here he's having a bar brawl with some aliens that are much stronger than humans. <laughs> um, and yeah, it, I mean, you summed it up really perfectly. Thank you. Um, there's not really much to add to it other than it just, it really speaks to me. Do you believe that Q is in love with Picard on some level? I believe that Picard is incredibly important to Q and that Q wants to watch over him and do what's best for Picard most of the time. He wants to screw with him. He wants to have some fun with him. He's like your best friend who will also, you know, screw with your food and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, he wants you to be okay. okay. You know? um, as a quick aside, if anybody has the tapestry Picard in the blue uniform action figure. Derek would like it. That's very sought after for my collection. So, um, so yeah, tapestry, go watch it. Phenomenal. We'll put our wedding on hold so he can have that little doll. It's actually not that expensive. I wanted a, to go and get it, but thank it's you. A joke. Um, all right. So next up, uh, this this one's kind of fun. This is Star Trek Die Hard, which is Starship Mine. Uh, Starship Mine. I, I like this one because it. A lot of people have a problem with Star Trek First Contact and Insurrection because it turned Picard into an action star. And while I can understand not caring for that, they didn't start it. He was an action star a few times on the show, mm-hmm. most so in this episode, Starship Mine. So basically the ship the ship gets stolen out of, out of space dock, uh, dry dock, excuse me. And Picard happens to be the only one on board because he forgot his saddle and was going back to get it. And then- How adorable. Yeah, it's, it's, well, he was going to go riding. And uh, anyway- Before you continue, okay. I have to interject. Okay. Do you find it incredibly irresponsible or just a little irresponsible that a ship that big is able to be stolen? That not one person 
is on board on purpose. Well, it was stolen by people who were sanctioned by Starfleet. It's, of course it's like it was. like an inside was. job, kind of. Of course yeah. it was. So anyway. Who's the Gruber? <laughs> that's not, that's, there's not, there really isn't one. Like, that's not uh, really what it is. But uh, Tim Russ is in this as a different character, though. That's so great. He's, he's Doctor not, Who does that all the time, too. A, like, I love that Trek and Doctor Who just keep bringing old people back. Well, it makes me so happy. Well, this was before he became Tuvok. So, you know, he's, he's in this right? episode, he plays a Klingon a couple of times, and then he uh, is on the Enterprise B bridge in Generations, and he becomes Tuvok, and, um, you know, that's how we know him now, of course. But anyway, um, it's just a fun action episode where he's got to get the ship back, and he knows the ship better, of course, and, you know, he's planning little traps and causing little problems and just kind of doing his thing. Is it home alone? Um not real. Is, I mean, is it Home Alone? Like legit? <laughs> it's not Home Alone, but uh, it's a fun episode. Again, like a lot of these are very heavy because yeah. Picard is a very serious character most of the time. But I wanted some fun ones on this list, and this is one of those. It's a fun episode. I like it. Really okay. Um. All right. So next up is uh, a not so fun one, which is Lessons. Which number are we at? Uh, what are we at? Let's see. So I lost track. 20, 19, 18, we're at 17. This okay. is number 17. Okay, so we're almost done, guys. Almost. Almost. So this is uh this is the episode Lessons. So Was um, this recommended to you no. based on your Okay. So no. you had this one planned. No. Yeah, okay. I, I I added this one. So this is what this this one's um Why? I kind of consider it it's a sequel to both Captain's Holiday and The Inner Light. Okay. For two two definitely different reasons. So first off, he has a love interest, which he doesn't get very often. Sometimes it's Crusher, but otherwise, yeah, there was palpable sexual tension between those two. Yeah, and they have some things, and they have like morning tea together, and it's it's cute. How adorable! But um, why and- don't you and I have morning tea? I'm the doctor to your captain. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> um, so he has a love interest. She's a science officer. That's and great. They they bond a lot over music. She's a musician and he plays his Reskin flute and he's not very good at it. And it's cute and it's adorable. And it's just, it's nice seeing him kind of in a relationship type setting. You know, he's trying to be romantic and he's flirty and he's kind of doing, you know, he's tripping up a little bit because he's uncomfortable in those situations. And um, unlike Vosh, this woman, she's, she's an officer. She's a very good science officer. She's a good musician. She's very fitting for Picard. Mm-hmm. And that's the problem because a mission comes up and he has to send her on the mission. She almost dies. Oh no. And uh, it's very emotional for him. He can't really handle that. The idea that he might play favorites and send somebody else down just so they she wouldn't take the risk. He he doesn't like that. He can't handle that. He can't um So he breaks it off. It. So yeah, so she transfers to another ship. And they that they break it off. That's rough. And it's sad. It's a sad it's a sad thing. Um it's a good episode though, in my opinion. Yeah, it sounds great. It's so. people forget how huge romance and sexual tension is in our lives. How how much we crave love physically and emotionally and even when we don't, how important that is to our character. So I really dislike when an entire show ignores romance completely for a certain character and you know it can be an aromantic thing an asexual thing as well you can flat out you know 
develop that as well for a character. So Picard does not need a 24-7 love interest. He doesn't need to be the Riker-type ladies' man. He doesn't need to have an endgame either, but to completely ignore it is unfair to the character, and you're missing out on a facet of who he is. That's good. So I'm glad you included that. So um, next up on my list is uh, an episode called The Chase. And this one, I'm intrigued. This one and the next one have a lot of overlap mm-hmm. on their on on their their main topics, and so I kind of want to lump them together a little bit. So, what's the next one called? So, the next one is called the Gambit. It's a two parter. That's okay. in season seven. So, this is the, my last one in season six, the Chase, and then season seven's the Gambit, part one and two. Um, these both deal very heavily with archaeology. It's Picard's greatest passion, actually. Seriously, if he had not been in Starfleet, he would have been an archaeologist. He talks about that quite a bit as the show progresses, and there's a few episodes where it really highlights, and these two are huge. They're both fairly complicated episodes, so I don't want to get into the nitty-gritty, but the idea is that this helps shape who he always wanted to be, Mm -hmm. right? Like when you're growing up, hey, what do you want to be when you grow up? And for him, it was an archaeologist. And he has things in his quarters and he loves this type of stuff. He talks about the Iconians and the Iconians are this you know, ancient race and it's very powerful and they got wiped away and all these types of things. Oh, and right. there's a lot of rumors and speculation that archaeology may play a part in the Picard show. Oh, neat. Because... What would he do if he left Starfleet? Well, of course, the, the trailer shows him on it back on his vineyard that we see in Family, but what might they need him to do? What might they bring a man of his age in for? To be completely honest, the trailer was just simply him walking through yes. the vineyard. And, I mean, that is the setting that we physically see. So that could just be one simple scene that could have been, Possibly. you know, a retreat for personal reasons or something. It doesn't have to be where he ends up. You're right. You know, you're definitely right. Um, so, yeah, so I wanted these on here because they really showcase his archaeology background, his interests, his expertise, um, and how that's gotten to gotten him in trouble a little bit, you know? Um, and it, it actually does tie in a bit with Captain's Holiday because Vosh wants his help because of his archaeology expertise. That's neat. So, you know, it's kind of a nice bookend to that. Um, and then just to finish things off, of course is the finale, which is my favorite Star Trek finale. It's one of my favorite television finales of all time. It's so it's fantastic not science Enterprise? Fiction. Uh, no. It's a uh, all good things. And it's a Q episode. It ties very much into the pilot. It focuses on Encounter at Farpoint. It focuses on the future. And what's really important is the future timeline that they're focusing on in All Good Things is literally the time that this show will take place. So that we're now far enough ahead of when the show ended that uh, the age that he will be in Star Trek Picard is the age that he was in the alternate future timeline in the finale. And I know you haven't seen the finale yet, so I don't really want to talk about it too much. I have seen the makeup and I've seen plenty of late <laughs> night hosts compare the two. And um, he aged a lot better than the makeup department thought he would. <laughs> yeah, he did. A lot. Yeah. Um, but the the finale takes place in three different time periods. Q is involved. It's incredibly Picard-centric and it shows what his friends, his crew are willing to tr- put their trust in him. How and much it kind of sets up for the movies, right? 
Um, not really. Oh, okay. Not much from the finale really shows up in the films. Okay, to be that's totally fair. honest. Um, and I don't really want to tell you why. No, that's fine. I don't need to have spoilers. Behind the scenes stuff, what's interesting here is this was being made, written at the, and made essentially at the same time Generations was being written. And I think that this is the better of the two. If you were going to go to the theater and see All Good Things as a film, and then Generations as a film, I think All Good Things is the better movie. Interesting. Um, but there's a lot of reasons for that. And this just, this is about his old friends, his old, quote, family, his crew, putting their trust in him, giving him one last mission and calling in all their favors to give him that one last mission. And it closes off with Q, it closes off with the pilot, and is a perfect bookend to a show that is not something I've experienced at any other time. Got it. So there you go. The 20 episode-ishes, 20-ish <laughs> episodes... <laughs> That are quintessential Picard that will help maybe give some insights and background, even help explain some of the deeper cuts coming up in the Picard show later this year. I know that you and I are starting this this week. We're going to sneak in an episode or two before the end of Sunday. I, I knew that we were planning that. Mm-hmm. So that's our goal. And uh, if for any reason we have some of these pop-up times where, you know, Greg can't make it or you guys are out of content or something like that, I can always join in and we can talk about the latest one that I watched. Yeah, I think I think it might be fun to review them and maybe a ray check in or something. <laughs> yeah, like we you know, we can have them as bonus episodes or we can slot them in when when Greg's on another away mission and, and things right. like that. So I think that's fine. Okay. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for preparing this for me. Cause I know <laughs> in the end it was for me. It was. It does benefit yeah. Derek. He gets to rewatch some of his favorite episodes, of course. But he did this for me. And I'm going to assign him more Trek homework afterwards. I just know it. But this is for me. So I, I am you. curious, though. <laughs> it was. It was. Uh, I am curious, though, out there, if you're listening, is, are there any episodes you think I missed that you think are quintessential Picard episodes? And are there any that are on my list that you think really don't deserve to be on the list? I'd be very curious to know what your top 20 would look like or even your top 10 if you can narrow it down or you know what your thoughts top are. Top five, on that. top one. Whatever. Add yeah. us. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so that's it. That's Red Shirts and Runabouts this week. Uh, Ray, you can find at Siren Ray, S-I-R-Y-N-R-A-E. <laughs> You can also find both of us together on Screen Heroes, which is one of our sibling shows here on the Heroes Podcast Network. Yep. We uh, talk movies mostly. We do reviews, retro reviews, fan castings, movie pitches, top lists, rankings, all that kind of good stuff. Um, And I am the Star Trek Dude on Twitter and Facebook. You can come talk to me. I've been trying to come up with some fun stuff to do. I just did a binge watch poll the last few days where I pit each Star Trek show kind of against each other to see which is the easiest to binge watch. Um, and it, uh, it started with TNG beating the original series, DS9 then beat TNG, it beat Voyager, it beat Enterprise, and then it tied with Discovery. I voted for Discovery, by so, the way. Well, there you go. It tied on, it tied on Twitter and Facebook. That's it tied insane. on both platforms. Uh, the other matchups were clearly one-sided on both platforms. It was pretty crazy. It wasn't yeah. close. But this one was literally a tie on both platforms down to the last vote. That so. is insane. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so come check us out. Come talk to me. We'll be back. Uh, I'll be back, at, you know, and either Greg will be with me or Ray will. We'll kind of see. Woo! Thank you for uh, tuning in, though, and we hope that you enjoy this little list. 
Come talk to me out there, and we'll catch you next time. Great. Red Shirts and Runabouts is part of the Heroes Podcast Network and is hosted by Gregory Bosco and me, Derek Mayer. The music is by Flying Killer Robots. Please follow us at Red Shirts Pod on Twitter or at Heroes Podcasts on Facebook, Instagram, or HeroesPodcast.com. You can subscribe to our show on Apple iTunes, Google Play, Spreaker, and pretty much any other podcast app. If you enjoy the show, please support us. We have a Patreon at patreon.com slash heroes podcasts, and we also have a coffee, ko-fi.com slash heroes podcasts. We'll catch you next time. Live long and prosper.